Look tonight in Mark chapter 8 and read a few verses and share with the burden on my heart. Brother Wyatt's getting baptized tonight and I really, <coughs> y'all pray for me, I'm still a little uh, hungover from this morning, if that's the right term to use, I don't know. I know Miss Diane's laughing right now. I really have Brother Wyatt on my heart. He's a young man, he's given his heart to the Lord. He's gotten saved, and he's wanting tonight to identify with the Lord in baptism. And I'm so proud of him, and I'm so excited for him. But I want to say this message isn't just for Brother Wyatt. It's for everybody. And uh, tonight I want to preach on, and, and we'll read their text in just a moment. I'm going to preach on being a true follower of Jesus Christ. A true follower of Jesus Christ. We know tonight that everyone that's in this room tonight, is not a true follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not being critical. I'm not being, you say, well, who? I don't know. You, only you know. We know that everyone that names the name of Christ is not a true follower of Christ. In fact, when Jesus was on earth, everyone that was in his crowd weren't a true follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not trying, I really, honestly, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to challenge those that are here and those that are watching to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Let me say this, more damage, listen, more damage has been done to the cause of Christ by pretenders than anything else. If you're pretending tonight, let me just say this, and, and I, again, I want to be nice, I really do, after all that good singing, kind words, I don't want to be ugly. But if you're putting on tonight, you'd be better off just getting out and getting away from us. I hate to be that way because all you're going to do is hurt the cause of the Lord. Joshua told the people of Israel in Joshua chapter 24, he says, Choose you this day whom you'll serve. He said, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, that's what Jesus here in Mark chapter 8, let's read quickly in verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever ever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that Lord, you bless the reading of thy word. And now I pray you bless the preaching of thy word. Lord, though these words were spoken many centuries ago, Lord, they still ring in my heart. And they still challenge my spirit, Lord. I want to be a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray tonight if there's anybody in here that's straddling on the fence, that's living a lukewarm life, I pray tonight... That God, you get a hold of their heart and you'd help them, Lord, to get all in on following Jesus Christ. If there's anyone watching tonight or listening or in the room that 
has never been saved. I pray tonight, Lord, that God, you'd peel the scales off their eyes and show them the, the awfulness of hell and the glory of Jesus Christ and that they might be saved tonight. We love you, Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity. Help me to preach as a dying man to dying men and women. For it's in your Son's name I pray. Amen and amen. Quickly tonight. <laughs> that's my favorite adverb according to some. Quickly. Swiftly. <laughs> shortly. You know, all those times. I want to talk about this. Now, I want you to understand this. That when we read Mark chapter 8, we find that the crowd is beginning to shrink around the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a time in his earthly ministry where he was a very popular man. But that time had passed. And you want to know what made it popular? Was because of what he was giving people. For what he was doing for them. Uh, he, this is what he was promising them. He was saying, come unto me and I'll give you rest. And there was a time when men were afraid not to come to meet with him because of what they might miss. But now... Things have changed. And now instead of men being afraid not to come, they're actually afraid to come. And now in verse number 34 we read, He's not promising them rest, but He's promising them burdens. He's not promising them healing, but He's telling them there's going to be some hurt. He's not offering them peace, but He's saying there's going to be trouble if you follow Me. A true follower of Jesus Christ. One man said that in these verses he's acting like Gideon of old and he's thinning down the ranks of his army. And, and, and I hate to use this term, I believe it's appropriate. I believe he was separating the men from the boys. He was saying it's about to get rough, it's about to get hard, and if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me, he said, here's what it's going to take for you to follow me. You see, the cold winds of Calvary were beginning to blow across the hills of that land. And like the flowers in the winter, those false disciples, those those put-ons, those pretends, they were beginning to fade away. And even in the world that we live tonight, even in the times that we live right now, and by the way, I believe that if God wanted us to be born at another time, we would have been born at another time. I believe we're here when God wants us, where God wants us, and we should make up our mind that we're going to be the men and the women that God wants us to be. A true follower of Jesus Christ. Brother Wyatt's been saved. He's coming tonight to be baptized. He's not going to be any more saved after he's baptized than before he was baptized. But what he is doing is he's setting out to follow Jesus. You see, Jesus was baptized by John. And when we're baptized, we're identifying with him and with his cause. And what we're saying is that we are dying to this world and we're living for him and we are going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to quit see this in verse 34. I want you to notice the steps of following Jesus. Many people are interested in following Jesus, but they're not involved 
in following Jesus. You see, tonight, you're not just going to go to bed tonight. A lukewarm, and by the way, that Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Did you know that if you're hot, you'll seek for cooling? And if you're, if you're cold, you'll seek for warming? But a lukewarm Christian, they're just happy where they are. They're just comfortable where they are. And listen tonight, if we're going to be a true, we're not going to go to bed tonight, a lukewarm believer, and just happen to wake up on fire for God. You're not going to go to bed half-hearted in your walk with God, half-hearted in your commitment to God, and half-hearted in your fellowship and your labor for God, and just miraculously uh, wake up and everything be all right. There's some steps you got to follow. You know, when I was a little boy, Brother David, I wanted to be a soldier. My, my daddy got me and my brother, he's watching us tonight, so he'll get a kick out of this. This is probably one of them stories he won't deny. This is when he'll probably say it was true. But for Christmas, Brother Hunter, he got me and my brother BB guns. Both of us. That was where the mistake was. And they're those kind, the more you pumped them, the faster they shot. And so me and my brother, we got to play an army, you know? And uh, we weren't shooting invisible enemies. We were shooting each other. And we made some rules, but if anybody's ever competed with me, you know that I treat rules as suggestions. <laughs> and they're only to be applied when it's for my benefit in winning the game. <laughs> Brother David, we had a rule. Three pumps. That's all you can do. Three pumps. And, and we, and you know, three pumps. And with three pumps, I mean, it wouldn't shoot from here to the back door. But I, I, it never failed. We'd get into it. We'd be rolling in the yard and hiding behind the, uh, the house and rolling through the woods and fight. And, and John would get out of sight and I'd sit there. <laughs> and he'd come running and I'd shoot him and that baby, and listen, they'd, they'd go into his leg. They would stick in him. And he'd scream and squeal and holler and I'd laugh. And, and <laughs> I want to be a soldier until... Desert Storm, 1992, I believe it was, when I got to seeing them boys jumping out of them planes, and I thought, man, those people are shooting back. And you know what I'm saying is, I didn't really want to be a soldier. I was intrigued by it. I was amused by it. I, I, I liked the idea of wearing the cool uniform and carrying the all. Who would not want to carry a fully automatic rifle? I don't know anybody. Any man that doesn't want to carry a fully, I know they're illegal and everything, but if you don't have a desire, something's wrong. Probably need to take more vitamins, go see the doctor, do something like that. But you understand, as, and that's what I'm trying to illustrate is this. There are many people that are like me and my brother when it comes to the Christian life. They like running through the woods with BB guns and, and playing games. They like the, the putting on and the acting. But when push comes to shove and bullets are fun and listen, the rubber meets the road, they don't want anything to do with it. Brother Lester Roloff used to sing an old song and he said, run if you want to, hide if you will, but I came here to stay. He said, it's a battlefield, brother, and not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. What are the steps? Here they are. We see the step of devotion in verse 34. He said, come after me. Come after me. And for many people, the reason they never become a true follower of Jesus Christ is this. They're coming after what He has and not who He is. 
He said, if you're going, he said, you're going to come after me. Not what I can do. Not what I can give you. Not what I can provide for you. But simply come for me. I want to ask you this. I want to ask myself this. If every material blessing I have in my hands was gone tonight, would I still follow Jesus Christ? If I was like Job, sitting in the ashes, and he lost everything. Oh, Job was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a perfect man. The Bible says in all his situations, he lived right. He did right. He was an honorable man. But on one day, he lost it all. And he sat down in the ashes. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, most people want to follow Jesus for all the comforts he can afford them. But when those comforts are gone, they run away. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, there must be a step of devotion. It must be for me and for me alone. Uh, listen, I ask you tonight, why are you here? Why are you in the church? Uh, why are you serving God? Uh, is it for the recognition? Is it for the honor? Is it for the praise? Or is it simply for Him? There's a step of devotion. There's a step of denial. He said he must deny himself. You know what word deny means? It means to say no. My girls know this, and Drew too. They know I have a hard time saying no. Today I snuck, I, can't, I believe it was Miss Carolee who gave me a box of Reese's and Hershey's and, and all this stuff uh, back at, my, at Christmas. And, and I had them in my office, but I thought, well, I'm going to sneak these into the freezer. And I kind of slid them in there and but you know what? It wasn't long. Macy had done seen them and Ginger had done seen them and Drew had done seen them and it was real hard for me to say no. My grandmother, my Nanders and Bill, my grandfather, they couldn't say no to me. If I wanted a new pair of basketball shoes, I went straight to Bill. I'd say, hey, I need a haircut. He took me to get my haircut every week. And my hair used to grow, believe it or not. <laughs> and he'd give me a $20 bill, brother, and my haircuts cost $7. And I, he'd say, keep the change. Every time, keep the change. And if I wanted something, I'd go to him because I knew he could not say no. He was letting me drive his El Camino when I was about nine years old. I mean, he got me go-karts, four-wheelers, guns. I mean, everything. If I said, hey, hey, Bill, I want a grenade, he would have bought me a grenade. <laughs> he couldn't say no. But you want to know who the hardest person for us to say no to is? Ourselves. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must, number one, there must be a step of devotion, but there must be a step of denial. You must be able to say no to yourself. You must be able to say no, that you're not going to have your way. No, you're not going to get what you want. No, you're not going to go where you want to go. That, he said, you must deny yourself. We're very good at making excuses for our lack of following Jesus. And Brother Jason, most people that I talk to, their excuse is always this, it's somebody else. If you were to do a survey in this community and find out why people weren't going to church, I guarantee you the vast majority would have an excuse of somebody else. Right. But did you know this, this evening that when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, and when we, when we stand there on that day and the Lord looks at us with those eyes of fire and tries our works, He's not going to be judging other people's. He's going to be judging our works. 
step in the aisle. It gets a little bit harder now. I can imagine as Jesus says this, the crowd is easing out. I can imagine once as hey, uh, uh, I forgot, I gotta go, uh, uh, I gotta go check on my mother-in-law. Nobody wants to go check on their mother-in-law, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Another one said, oh, I forgot the refrigerator's running. And, I, and you say, well, there weren't no refrigerators. It don't matter. An excuse is an excuse. And I can imagine they're easing off. They say, oh, my goodness. He wants us to fall and come after him. We thought we were going to see somebody raised from the dead. We thought somebody was going to get to see him walk on the water or open blinded eyes. You mean he wants us just to come for him? And then he says to deny himself. You mean you want me to tell myself? No, I love myself. I used to have a friend in college. He'd ride with me. His name was Chimp. And, and, and any time we'd get in one of them close situations, you know, where, you know, a car was about to hit us or something, he'd say, oh, stop. He said, I love me some me. Well, I love me some me. Don't get in the wreck. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, we all love us some me. But then he says this, take up his cross. That's a step of death. A step of death. You see, when you went to the cross, you didn't come back. Jesus said to these men, if you read the previous verses, he said, I'm going to the cross. But now he says, not only do I, not only was there a cross for him, but he says there, he said there was a cross for them. Here's what I believe. I believe every person that's saved has got a cross with their name on it. The old song says, Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? I want to ask you something tonight. He said, Take up our cross. How come we're finding excuses not to die with Him? The step of death. Did you know this? A man on the cross holds nothing in his hands. A man on the cross is out of touch with this world. A man on the cross, he cannot look back, he can only look ahead. And a man on a cross, he has no plans for tomorrow. And oh, Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, he says, you must take up your cross. I love pastoring. I do. It's, it's what God wants. I know it is. It's my calling in life. But I can't carry the, every person's cross. You have to carry your cross. And I know there's been times in my life in my ministry where I've tried to help people. I've tried to carry their cross for them. I've tried to get under the load. But by the way, the Bible does say to bear one another's burdens. And anyhow, I'm not going to get into that. But the truth of the matter is, if you're going to fall at Jesus, you must bend your knee and put it on your shoulder and say no matter what the reproach and the shame, I will follow Him. Verse 34, it says this. Take up his cross and follow me. There's the step of dedication. Now, listen to this. He said in verse number 34, he says, in the first part, whosoever will come after me. But then the last part, he says, follow me. And, and, and if we just read that, it sounds like that's the same thing, but it's two different words. When he said, come after me, it means to appear, to show up, to present oneself. But when it means follow, it means to join to another. And it means to walk in the same path. Do you see the difference there? 
There's many people who will come to Jesus, who will come after him. But he says not only is there going to be a, a, a step of devotion and denial and death, but it's going to require some dedication. You're going to have to make up your mind how to follow me in the good times, in the bad times, in the hard times. Follow me. During World War II, you've probably, some of you, when you was in school back when they taught real history, you probably had to read this. We did. Winston Churchill in World War II gave a speech to England. And those Nazis were coming in. And they were, I mean, it, it was, they was getting real close. And Winston Churchill, he addressed the nation uh, of the England and he said this, or Great Britain, he said this. He said the Nazis are coming. And in, in so many words, he said as far as humanly speaking, our cause is already lost. What he was saying is we've already lost this war and we ain't even started fighting it. What he was saying is, humanly speaking, we, there's no way we're going to win. But then he followed it with these infamous words and he said, but we're going to fight on every hill and we're going to fight in every valley. He said, we're going to fight on the rooftops and we're going to fight in the streets. He said, we're going to fight everywhere. He said, but we'll never, no, never, we'll never surrender. He said, in the end, we will conquer. And you know what they did? They fought on the hills. They fought in the valleys. They fought in the streets. And they never surrendered. And there was a day they drove them out and sent them running. And I'm going to say this. Huh, we've got a greater cause than he had. Huh, we've got a greater captain than he had. And we must decide we're going to take the steps to follow Jesus. You see, it's not my job to make it easy on people to live for the Lord. In fact, anybody that tries to make it seem easy is not your friend. They're your enemy. I read Brother Chad, a missionary went to Africa while he was there, he was in the, uh, he was in the marketplace and, 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 and the, the host there was talking to him. And, and, and he noticed that some of those, they were selling grain and corn and, and, and different, you know, things like that. And he said some of them had big old cans like this and they were piled up high. And he said the price was less with those big cans than some people had in the little cans. And he said, what, do you, he said, what is it? He said, we call it a bonanza. And, and he said, well, explain to me. He said, what those people don't realize is that those big cans, they put another bottom in it that you can't see. He said, when they get home and they go to digging that corn out, they're going to realize that they didn't get the good end of the deal. They got the bad end of the deal. And I feel like tonight there's many that are they're pulling a bonanza on the people of God, making them think that this is easy, that it's fun and games. Oh, there is fun to it. Amen. I have so much fun serving the Lord, it ought to, it ought to be against the law. I'm just being honest. But there's hard times, there's difficult times, there's trying times. And listen, Jesus told it to them straight. The steps of following Jesus. Verse 35 through 37, we see there are some stumbling blocks to following Jesus. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's stumbling blocks. And I know some people 
They denied themselves. They took up their cross. They followed him. But they got tripped up along the way. Notice this mysterious, or challenge that's mysterious. Verse 35, this is a paradox. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life shall save it for my sake. And the gospel the same shall save it. This is a paradox. There's many of those. The way up is down. Did you know that? The Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and do so he'll lift you up. I could go on, but I'm not going to. I know you're God, I'm not. But here's the paradox. The way to save your life is to lose it. The way to win is to lose. That's a challenge for us. You say, what's the challenge in that? Here it is. There's nothing that means more to us than our life. Our life. Did you know we all have an, in, our, in our nature a survival instinct? If you don't believe it, let somebody come in here acting crazy, bug-eyed, foaming at the mouth, and find out all these men in here, and there's multiple men armed in here. You'll find out. I just hope you don't get out of the way. That's why I like staying up here. Amen. Somebody, <laughs> hey, brother, I'm going to put you in front of the pulpit, brother David. And then Miss Marilyn in front of you, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Miss Marilyn. You started it. You're going to learn not to pick on me because I get the last word. Listen tonight, seriously. It goes against our nature. Do you know what that word lose means? It means to let go. We don't want to let go of our life. But did you know this? The Apostle Paul, he said in Philippians chapter 1, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know what? Paul on that Damascus road, he lost his life. He gave his life to the Lord. And from that day forward, it wasn't Paul's life he was living. He was living the life that the Lord would have him to live. And listen tonight, it's challenging. It's challenging. But the best thing I can do for my life is just to let it go. But there's a choice that must be made. He said, What shall the prophet have gained the whole world lose his soul? So you want to ask? Ask Solomon. Brother Larry, I don't believe any man ever lived that had more of this world than Solomon had. If he were alive today, Bill Gates would be asking to borrow money from him. And yet, when it was all done, Brother Larry, he said, All is vanity and vexation of spirit. That word vanity means emptiness. No, Jesus said there's a choice that must be made. What is that choice? We must ask ourselves, are we going to give ourselves for this world? Are we going to give it for the world to come? Are we going to live for this world? Are we going to live for the world to come? Listen tonight. I'm saying if you want to be a true father, that causes more people to stumble than anything else. There's a choice that must be made. What God was saying here, what Jesus was saying is, if you took everything the world has, if you took all the gold and all the wealth and all the riches and all the power and all the land and you put it on this side of the scales and you put one soul on that side of the scales, that one soul is worth more than the entire world. And you know the sad thing tonight? There's many people that are not following Jesus because the devil's given them a little piece of this world. 
listen, I want to ask you something. Uh, is it really worth it? The, listen, you've made a deal. And you say, oh, no, Brother Martin, I'm here. I'm here. There's a lot of people that are here, but they're really not here. A choice must be made. You see tonight, and I hate, to, I hate using myself, but I can remember as much as the day I got saved, the day I decided I was not living for this world anymore. And listen, it was a liberating thing. It was a wonderful thing to roll it all out and say, Lord, I don't care if I play ball no more. I don't care if I go and run with that crowd anymore. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. And listen, I'm so glad the Lord dealt with me in such a way that I realized it wasn't worth wasting my life for just a piece of this world. People are giving up their soul for just a little piece of the world. And God said it ain't worth the whole world. There's stumbling blocks. Verse 38, I'm done. It's about 25 minutes. In case you're keeping time. Who's Brother David, you're wrong for that. Anyway, if anybody can say it, Brother David, and he's got it right. He's earned that right. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me in my kingdom <coughs> and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father and with his holy angel, with the holy angels. So the steps to being a true follower of Jesus, the stumbling blocks, and I'm done. The stakes. What's at stake? Jesus said, You need to follow me because one day I'm coming back. And when I come back, I'm not coming back as a lowly man, a humble man. I'm not going to come back as just a common poor man. And, and, and you see people looked at him and thought, and, and they made fun of him. They mocked him. And they couldn't understand this man lives just a common life. He's just an ordinary man. There's nothing spectacular. People that paint these portraits of Jesus, this long flowing hair and this strong chin. And you know, he looks like, no, listen, he just looked like everybody else. The Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant. The Bible says that. And he made himself of no reputation. And there, there he is among these men. He says, I may not look like much now, but I'm coming back one of these days. And when I come back, I'm coming back in the glory of my Father. And he said, if you don't follow me, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. There's a few times in my life where I know that I made Jackie and Mary Martin ashamed of me. And it hurts still. I ain't going to go into details, but I don't want to give my kids any ideas, but long story short, me and some boys in construction class, well, we did a lot of things we shouldn't do in there, but anyhow, we got up into the ceiling one day of the school and Thought it'd be cool to walk around in the ceiling and, you know, take sticks and drill holes and tiles. And what we didn't realize was there was a fiber optic cable up there, Brother Kevin, that no, that was worth a lot of money. And in our stomping around and tromping around, we damaged it. The computer stopped working. <laughs> and uh, they got to looking at surveillance cameras. We had cameras in our school way back then because it was dangerous. I mean, it was like, it was bad anyway. It was like going to the United Nations. There were so many different ethnicities here, but we got busted. 
we, we one day we went up for our little daily, you know, walk through the roof of the school, you know. And uh, when I come, we come down the steps, there was Mr. Tharp. He was the assistant principal. He was the one you didn't want to see. He was of a darker complexion. He didn't play games. He said, boys, y'all come down from there. Party's over. <laughs> and I, did, I thought it was still kind of funny. I really did. We was chuckling and laughing. <laughs> anyway, long story short, he called my mom. And told her, we spent, I think, five days in ISSS's, whatever that is. And my basketball coach was over ISS's. And when you played on his, and you got in trouble, he made it ten times worse. You, you had to sit like this in your seat all day. You had to, he'd just make up work. You'd have to write, I will not climb in the ceiling again, like 10,000 times. It was awful. But the worst thing of it all was my mom looked at me in tears. She said, I'm ashamed of you. And I could see it in her face. I had embarrassed her. I had made her, I had made her blush. And I, and, and I can remember her saying, James, why would you want to do this to me? There's coming a day when the eastern sky is going to open wide. And coming in the clouds will be the Son of God. Listen, the very one that wrote these words, He's coming again. I promise you, He's coming again. And I think it could be any day now. Hebrews 10, 37, yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And oh, I don't want to have to see that look in His eyes. I'm ashamed of you. You were ashamed of me. No, I'm saying tonight is the stakes are high. What's on the table tonight? What is that? What's the stakes of doing this? Of fault? It's eternal consequences. If you're saved, you're saved. By grace through faith, you're eternally saved. You're everlastingly saved. You're sealed to the day of redemption. You've been born again. You've passed from death into life. You'll never be unsaved. No more you'll ever be unborn. You're going to heaven when you die, but you can hear this. Listen to me. There are some things you can lose in eternity because of not following Jesus Christ. You can lose positions in the kingdom. Oh, listen, I, I don't, I want to be able to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. No, listen tonight. Somebody said, I just want a little cabin in the corner of glory. That makes for a good song, but I tell you what, I don't want a little cabin in the corner of glory. I want a mansion, a majestic mansion. I want to be, listen, I want to be able to sit down at the table at the marriage supper of the Lamb and hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to see my Savior blush and be ashamed of the life I live. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. The world's putting us in, backing us into a corner. And the sad thing is we're letting them do it. But if you want to be a true follower of Christ, I want you to remember the steps. Watch out for the stumbling blocks. And always, always be conscientious of the stakes of following the Lord.